lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre, and you are you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox, which you can access by emailing the show steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show, at least while you still can. You can also look for us on platforms that do not attempt to censor us. Uh, search for Steve Dace on MeWe, Parlor, and Gab for Steve Dace Show on Getter. And then search for clips of the show that are both free to watch and free of censorship when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. That is rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. If you are searching for something to help you unwind after a long day of culture warring, check out our friends over at Bonner Private Wine. Um, they've got some of the best wines in the world. Uh, They're grown at 9,000 feet, these Malbec grapes from the Andes Mountains down in Argentina, unlike anything, any red wine you've ever tasted before. Uh, And uh, they're not loaded with fillers, chemicals, and sugars. They're absolutely delicious. All three of us have tried a bottle or two uh, of these wines uh, and greatly enjoyed them. Uh, It is truly something special. You don't need a promo code for it at all. Uh, If you want to give it a shot right now, supplies are limited if you want to try it. 50% off of shipping today. 50% off of shipping today when you go to bonnerprivatewines.com slash Steve. That's bonnerprivatewines.com slash Steve. Normal order of business here today on a Wednesday. Uh, we will, of course, play for the first time in 2022, buy, sell, or hold. I, I look forward, just as you guys were looking forward to seeing what we were going to come out with on Monday after being off for 24 days, I think we're looking forward to seeing what you guys are coming, coming up with uh, here next hour after we've been off with you. Actually, next segment. Uh, it, it's been so long since we've done that, I forgot when it starts. It starts next segment. So we won't have to wait very long, gentlemen, to find out what has uh, been warming up in the audience bullpen for the last uh, three and a half weeks. The bar is high, not just because we've been off for a while. But we had some virtuoso performances Indeed. before we left. The fourth quarter of Buy, Seller, Hold was strong. Yeah, I mean... It was it was brought, no doubt about that. Uh, and then, of course, we must welcome in the newly, freshly banned from Twitter, uh, weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, who was banned from Twitter for essentially saying what the horse doctor CEO of Pfizer turned around and said the very next day. So there's that. So we will get to that and more here today. But we begin, as always, with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Dr. Fauci plays the victim. Dr. Fauci and CDC Director Rochelle Walensky were among those who testified in front of a Senate panel yesterday, and the former wasted no time in avoiding questions from Senator Rand Paul, who will remind you has been shot at by a crazed left-winger, attacked by a left-wing mob, and has had his ribs broken by his left-wing neighbor, and insisted on pivoting to how he feels unsafe because of Senator Paul. Whoops, wrong clip. What happens when he gets out and accuses me of things that are completely untrue is that all of a sudden that kindles the crazies out there and I have life that threats upon my life, harassment of my family, 
and my children with obscene phone calls because people are lying about me. Senator Paul was asking Fauci about he and Francis Collins' documented conspiracy to, quote, take down signers of the Great Barrington Declaration. Fauci, of course, never answered his questions. Fauci had some choice words for Senator Roger Marshall, an Army veteran who is also a doctor, caught on a hot mic after questions about the Project Veritas bombshell from earlier this week. Why, why will you not commit to sharing everything open, unredacted with this Congress? What a moron. Also in the Senate yesterday, constructive criticism seemed to work with Senator Ted Cruz as he grilled FBI Assistant Director Jill Sanborn on whether the FBI was involved with the events at the Capitol on January 6th of last year. Did any FBI agents or confidential informants actively participate in the events of January 6th? Yes or no? Sir, I can't, I can't answer that. Did any FBI agents or confidential informants commit crimes of violence on January 6th? I can't answer that, sir. Did any FBI agents any F- or FBI informants actively encourage and incite crimes of violence on January 6th? Sir, I can't answer that. Ms. Sandburn, was Ray Epps a Fed? Sir, I cannot answer that question. The next day. The next day. On January 6th. Mr. Epps is seen whispering to a person, and five seconds later, five seconds after he's whispering to a person, that same person begins to forcibly tear down the barricades. Did Mr. Epps urge them to tear down the barricades? Sir, Similar to the other answers, I cannot answer that. In response to that latter line of questioning, Democrats went into damage control mode, attempting on social media to dispel the notion that Ray Epps was working with the feds to incite violence on that day. In completely unrelated news, the Justice Department announced recently they're creating a new unit focused on combating domestic terrorism. Meanwhile, in Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis gave his State of the State address yesterday. In Florida, we have protected the right of our citizens to earn a living provided our businesses with the ability to prosper, fought back against unconstitutional federal mandates, and ensured our kids have the opportunity to thrive. Florida has become the escape hatch for those chafing under authoritarian, arbitrary, and seemingly never-ending mandates and restrictions. Donald Trump went on One America News Network this week and attacked DeSantis, among others, for refusing to state whether or not they've taken the booster shot. He told OAN, quote, they don't want to say it because they're gutless. Joe Biden went to Georgia yesterday to cough and yell and say this about those who oppose his radical plan to overhaul elections. I will defend the right to vote, our democracy against all enemies, foreign and yes, domestic. He also claimed he was arrested in the midst of the civil rights movement. But I walked other grounds because I'm so damn old I was there as well. Seems like yesterday, the first time I got arrested anyway. U.S. consumer prices soared 7% over the last 12 months. That's the biggest spike in 40 years. Switching gears, this Twitter user named Tatiana Prowl, MD, tweeted a picture of her son's bulging ankle after he rolled it recently, saying they're not going to the hospital for treatment because she's so afraid of Omicron. In Canada, a video surfaced recently from a Ronald McDonald house purportedly showing an eviction notice for all unvaccinated tenants, including adults and children over the age of five who are not vaccinated by the end of January. We got this last night. Yes. 
uh, it's just pretty disturbing. I'm just wondering if it's legit. Is this saying that like everybody's not vaccinated is getting evicted? Well, we have a grace period to which you can uh, get your first dose, yeah. but essentially as of January 17th, it's a board mandate from our uh, so I just want to get this straight. So by the end of the month, my four-year-old boy's leukemia is getting evicted because we don't have a vaccine. This is if he was six months older, he would be getting evicted. But yeah, because we don't have the vaccine, you're going to throw us on the snow with a few weeks' notice. Like this is some kind of crazy evil. So what we're doing is protecting the safety of everybody in the house. USA Today Life tweeted, then deleted a Twitter thread on pedophilia. One of the tweets in the thread read, quote, in recent decades, the science on pedophilia has improved. One of the most significant findings is that pedophilia is likely determined in the womb, though environmental factors may influence whether someone acts upon an urge to abuse, end quote. In completely unrelated news, NBC has this to say about the University of Pennsylvania swimmer dude who thinks he's a woman. There are people who oppose trans women competing in women's sports because they say it's unfair to cisgender women who aren't trans, most of whom don't receive the athletic athletic advantages of higher testosterone levels during puberty. Though then you have folks who say there's very little scientific evidence that shows that those advantages carry over for trans women after transition. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is the gay and lesbian community merely want the tax benefits and visitation rights enjoyed by those with traditional marriages. And that's what happened while we were away. That's brilliant. Aaron's montage brought to you by our friends over at Paint Your Life. You know, we're back making new memories again and one of the best ways to hold on to those memories is with paintyourlife.com some of you might remember uh, i got my mom this for christmas this past year uh, i found the oldest photo i have of the two of us together i think i'm like two or three uh, so that would make her like 17 or 18 years old and that photo is obviously very very worn after 40 some odd years uh, I took it to Paint Your Life, and and they brought it to life in what looks like an, uh, I mean, a spectacular UHD 4K level of painting. Uh, and they do fantastic work there. If you want to give it a shot, uh, you can use it for professional portraits as well, not just for memories. Uh, but this can be meaningful, personal, something that can be uh, cherished forever as well. At PaintYourLife.com, no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. And right now, there's a limited time offer to get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. To get this special offer, just text the word Steve to 64,000. Three zeros. 64,000. That's the word Steve to 64,000. Again, text the word Steve for 20% off, free shipping to 64,000. We're going to be joined. Boy, sorry about that. I think you guys probably heard that one. Uh, we're going to be joined by our colleague, Chad Prather, today. I just took a big drink of water. Remind me not to do that again. Uh, our colleague, Chad Prather, will be joining us today during the overtime. And we're just going to ask him a question and then just let him go. How in the Sam Hill did Iowa get redder than Texas? That's all we're going to ask. And then we're just going to see what he says. Fair? That is coming up today in the overtime for our Blaze TV subscribers. 
And if you are a Blaze TV subscriber, good news. We'll record that with Chad right after the show today and then upload it for you later today at blazetv.com slash dace. That's also where you can go if you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber in order to get uh, a discounted subscription today, right now, at blazetv.com slash dace. So we are looking forward to that conversation. If anyone can find even more humor in the decline and fall of Western civilization than we do, certainly it is Mr. Prather. Bet the house. Exactly. Speaking of which, pretty much everything that's in Aaron's montage today is unshareable. What what I mean by that, 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 that there's just... There is no possible way to peaceably share a society with the vast majority of what is an Aaron's montage. And as I sat there and watching this trail of tears, which is what it feels like watching Aaron's montage most days. And that's for those of us that do this every day. So we're kind of calloused. I can't even imagine with those of you that like shows like this are kind of where you plug into what's going on and then go on with the rest of your lives. This is the rest of our lives. This is our careers. We don't really ever leave this, really. Um, and even with all of the, um, the the callousness and the resistance I've built up to a lot of this, just just watching this, and it's on every front. It's un it's unshareable. It is. What does it mean when when it says in Proverbs, if the foundations be destroyed? what becomes of the righteous. And and that's what you're watching here. To think that it was not even a decade ago that I was a contributor at USA Today writing in the, the, the second most read column they had in 2013 in defense of Duck Dynasty when Phil Robertson had gotten into hot water I guess with some people for pointing out the the birds and the bees. Remember that? I do. Yeah. Do you know what the number one? I don't know. If, it's been a while since I've told you guys this. What the number one most read column that year was? Because of course, when you're number two, if you're a guy, I got to know. I got to know what number one was, right? And you know what? I was t- at the time totally fine finishing second to this column. Who's the gal that used to work for the Clinton administration? Had a oh, Christian that's conversion, right. you, and she's and Catholic she went to Fox. She's loopy again, and yeah. she's loopy again. Kirsten Powers. Kirsten Powers. Uh, Powers. Yes, it was a column that Kirsten Powers had written, chastising the media for ignoring Kermit Gosnell and the life issue. That was the number one most read column at USA Today in 2013, and my column defending Duck Dynasty on the birds and the bees and gender differences was number two. That's not that long ago. And now we're putting out Twitter threads where we're going Lady Gaga born this way on pedophilia. There's a reason why they don't want us to use slippery slope arguments. Because they're always right. They always win. Because we are the slippery slope. We are the problem. Our brains are busted, as my old friend Todd Friel used to put it, talking about original sin. And see, that's the whole thing with the born this way argument. See, it's actually true, just not in the way that they want to recognize. It is true 
that all of us will come out of the womb with a sin orientation. All of us will. Unless, you, unless you've had a child that has a learning disability or a birth defect or is on the spectrum, you know, a special situation, no one else has ever had to teach their child how to say no. No one else has ever had to teach their child. You ever, you ever seen a mom with her child? All right. Come on, Chucky, say it with me. Mine. You ever, did you ever teach any of your four daughters how to say those words? No. And you were just blindsided all four times that they just in, intrinsically, instinctively knew them, yeah. right? Yeah, they knew to go there. That's because we are born that way. But what this demonic lie does is it flips that on its ear. See, the recognition that we are born not basically good into some variation of bad, and that has been debated by theologians for centuries. To what degree is human nature bad? And it's only the heretics that deny that it is bad. And then amongst the, amongst the Orthodox community, they've debated for centuries. Is it utterly depraved? Is it totally depraved? Is it basically depraved, but still capable of, of, of exhibiting that imago day? Is it shades or degrees within all of those things? We've even done shows on this in the past. But there is no debate, unless you're just self-deluded, that human nature is not basically good. So we're all born this way. We're born sinners. What this demonic troll does, though, is it says your particular sin pattern, the way that you like to act out, the way you desire to act out, you're a victim. You were made wrong. And therefore, you're not responsible, and it is the rest of society that has to change for you. This is why the slippery slope arguments are undefeated. Because it's just the same lies all the time. It's exchanging the truth for a lie. There's just one truth, really, ultimately, and then there are numerous lies. And we just, those things just get recycled in the same back and forth in this thing we call human history. The same impulse the same spirit that has USA Today putting out Born This Way for Pedophilia. It's the same spirit of the age that elevated Anthony Fauci, the most wicked, vile, and evil public servant in American history, and I can't think, frankly, of a close second, that voted him, that elevated him to the science trademark. Because what's behind that spirit of the age is a seething hatred. For you, for me, but most of all, for God. And you even see it in subtle ways. How Anthony Fauci exercised his frustration when he thought the mic was off by taking the Lord's name in vain. It's not like there's not 10,000 other swear words he could have used or other expletives or pejoratives he could have chosen, right? But instinctively, instinctively curse, curse truth incarnate because you chose to demand the truth from me. Behind this is a seething hatred 
for you and for me, but most of all for God. Most of all for God. When Paul is walking the road to Damascus and he encounters the resurrected Jesus, Jesus does not come to him and say, why are you persecuting my people? That's Paul was on his way to Antioch to do more persecutions of believers. He doesn't say, why are you persecuting my people? What does Jesus say? Why are you persecuting me? Because that's really where the hatred lies. See, Messiah has shown up, not necessarily in the way Saul anticipated or was taught would happen or anticipated or expected, and has upset his own personal apple cart, his own personal paradigm, his plans. Hard to physically kill God, so at least twice, so you then go after his followers instead as an extension of that. There is, and if there's anything I tried to communicate in a nefarious plot, it is the, and it's hard, it's hard, and I don't think I adequately communicated it, and I'm okay with that, because if I could, I'd be very concerned about myself. But one of the things, uh, even more than I already am, but one of the things that I wanted to stress in a nefarious plot, when you reach its conclusion, is that what's driving all of this is the sort of hate you cannot quantify if you have any level of righteousness in you or any level of fear of God or common sense or concern for posterity or legacy, even if you don't consider yourself spiritual. Someone asked me today on Twitter when I posted about Fauci, what I just said to you, someone asked me today on Twitter who's been following me for a long time, what, what's happened to you? I responded with, I watched a synthetic virus they made in a lab get leaked out of that lab and kill millions of people. And then I watched them deny effective early treatments that killed millions more. And then I watched them do lockdowns that didn't save anybody but killed millions more and is still killing, in fact, because we're we're now experiencing the backside of that calamity. And then it's Twitter, so I ran out of character, so I couldn't get into I watched them construct a poisonous jab that does not work, maybe at one time did, no longer does, and is potentially irrevocably altering human immune systems. Other than that. And then I responded with, what happened to you, sir? <laughs> what happened to you? The Ronald McDonald video... The Ronald McDonald video and the pedophilia thread from USA Today are the same spirit, folks, from the same source, hell itself. This child is acting as a control group, therefore is no longer useful to us. So despite your cancer, you're evicted from the Ronald McDonald house. That is the same spirit that says this child can be used and abused for the gratification of adults. It's only a couple of letters from satisfaction to gratification. It's the same spirit. What's happening, and I know it's an election year, it's important to vote. We will cover the election. But the reality, I said to a friend of mine today who sent me a column in the Washington Examiner, 
and she was pointing out this analyst for the Washington Examiner. And if you want to know what the Washington Examiner is, it's a, it's a decent source of information, but it's essentially where the corporate right hangs out. That's their Fox News website. Fair? Very fair. Yeah. I mean, imagine if Fox had like no Jesse Waters or an especially Tucker Carlson or Greg Gutfeld kind of people. It was just like all Hannity's and no, no Laura Ingram's and Neil Cavuto types, right? Okay. That's what the Washington Examiner is. is that a fair description? Pretty close. Yeah. yeah okay. I think so. so it's just, it's where the corporate right hangs out. And there's an article there today. Well, you can't purge a political party of real of 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 you know its sellouts because without them you can't win an election. Without Dinos, Democrats can't win. Without Rhinos, Republicans can't win. And this friend of mine, she sent me this this piece this morning, and I wrote back to her. In fact, you know what? I'm going to find the text. I'm just going to read it to you here. What I wrote back to her. Where is it here? Here it is. This is an irrelevant political paradigm. I really don't care who controls Congress if they're going to do nothing for me, but the choice is to go against me slower. Nor do I care if it's Trump or Biden who anoints Fauci potentate. At this point, I'd rather be governed by Bill Maher than most Republicans. And the two generations behind me care even less about these parties. Right now, I'm trying to help people stop from being killed in hospitals or lose their jobs in most of the red states, too. That was my response. Seconded. She seconded it too, by the way. I don't <laughs> want to hang her out to dry. Okay. But um, it, it's important. It's not as vitally important. I can promise you this ain't the most important election of your lifetimes, uh, folks. I can promise you that. Okay. I can promise you that one. All right. I don't, we can all argue about how important it may turn out to be, but I can promise you it ain't the most important one. I can promise you that. Okay. We'll cover it though. And I have expertise there and it, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't share that to some degree but it is vitally important to understand that it is not vitally important and we're not going to vote our way out of this and I'm I know I hammered that point home last year I'm going to probably hammer it all the more home this year and for those of you that are hanging around for 2024 right now Donald Trump is basically on a, his, his new message is uh, I'm not the only one who took boosters, so hate everybody else who took them too. I mean, it's not an effort to like get people to like raise their game. Like, we're going to build a wall. We're going to make America great again. I can tell you, I was on the campaign that was his closest challenger. He challenged us to get bolder, to move further to the right. I didn't have that on my bingo card going into that primary, by the way, that the New York Trump was going to challenge us to move further to the right. But he did. He moved Cruz. He moved our campaign more to the right on immigration than when we started. I don't know where that Donald Trump is, but this that's not the message is, I don't know why you guys are hating on me. All these other guys got boosted too. That ain't, that's got no shot against what we're up against here. What can men do against such reckless hate? Let's find out. Gentlemen, your thoughts. Uh, well, go back to the uh, beginning when we're talking about uh, USA Today. My wife and I were talking about that. I think Aaron actually put in his montage at some point that the born this way thing is nonsense because we see now the, the 
both the millennials and the generation behind it claiming, wasn't it something like 28% identified as non-binary or it's something? One, one out of four, I think now, uh, millennials. Yeah so, yeah. yeah, so something like that. So, so Either identify as non-binary or bisexual or something. Some One of those alphabet letters. So yeah. there's that on one side of this. On the other side of this, if they start talking about it is born this way, and in their own words, but you shouldn't act on it, why can't we have that conversation, which Steve and us have tried to have for a very long time, why does that not apply to homosexuality itself? So they are bookended on both ends now. From just a, and we're not even talking about uh, religion. It just shows you the moment they're in. They're not dumb. They they understand this. But this is a will to power moment for them. And it is, as Steve said, just like with COVID. Despite all the evidence, there they go. Triple J again. That should be chilling to you. That should know that when we say, let's find out, it's not merely rhetorical. It's, it's the 11th hour, folks. It's now or never time because they plan on moving. The orcs, the Urukai are coming. You know, I've, I've often said that the people with the more serious mental illness are, are not necessarily the people who think they are the sex that they are not. It's the people doing the golf clap saying, yes, yes, power, yes, queens, lay. It's those mm. people. Similarly, though, in a let's find out vein, if you watch the madness that has overtaken our culture and you stand, stand back and do nothing, uh, you're just about the same as the golf clappers. Yep. Mm. Bye, Siller Hold is next. I just checked again in case you were wondering, Bill Bars are still good. Just had one of the vanilla creams that they had out last fall. Uh, that's part of my uh, ample stash. Uh, sitting around the house. I've got the whole family hooked on this stuff, though, now. Okay, so uh, if if you want to give Built Bar a shot, great news, uh, whether it's cookies and cream, mint brownie, coconut. If you're more of a marshmallow, for some of you that are like, I, and I get it, for some of you, they're too chewy. They're almost too gooey. And at first they were for me, too, if I'm being brutally honest. And I figured out a little secret. Put them in the fridge first so they kind of solidify and then take them out to soften. So you are endlessly dedicated to the science <laughs> little tip on the dope rhyme there for you. Okay. But they've got their built bar puffs. If you, especially if you like marshmallow stuff, uh, the mint, uh, marshmallow one is incredible by the way. So, so many great flavors of the greatest protein bar of all times. And if you want to try one of them right now or several with a variety box, get 15% off your order with my last name as your promo code, promo code DACE, 15% off when you go to built.com, B-U-I-L-T, for built.com, go there right now, especially this time of year. You want to get healthier, but you're like, man, I got the sweet tooth, what do I do? You do this, that's what you do. You go to built.com and use my last name to get 15% off, promo code DACE, at built.com. It is now time for the first time in 2022 for some buy, sell, or hold. Aaron, with a lot of help from his friends, you and the audience, will be throwing Todd, you and I's way. 
a series of lists or predictions, propositions, etc. Yeah, and who knows? No topic is off limits as long as it's not dumb. Uh, you or you know, really profane. Semi-profane, okay. We live in a profane world. Kind of hard to avoid it altogether, but it can't be like really profane. Uh, and then Todd, you and I will decide, hey, are we buying that? Are we selling that? And then once per episode, now that the holidays are over, once per episode, you uh, are entitled to hold, okay? However, uh, and if, if you use that hold for any reason other than, wow, that's so lame. How did it get on the air? I can't bring myself to respond to it. You will have to give Lindsey Graham his next booster. How literal can I take what you just said? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Aaron, go ahead. We'll start with big tech inmate Alexander Rogers, who says Trump with his vaccine talk is reaching, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black, levels of self-immolation. I'm going to sell, we're not there yet. And the guy who said that went on to, well, whatever he yeah, did yeah, yeah, in the election. Yeah, 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 that's a good point too. But I, I will say that, it, I don't, and you know, in his latter years, I was on the air a lot at the exact same time. So, uh, and he wasn't, he, he, Rush was never a big social media presence guy. So it was hard for me to kind of keep up with a lot of what he was saying in his latter years, because I was doing stuff at the exact same time. But someone recently sent me a note uh, that had made the switch to our show after Russia's passing, and and she was talking and, and and she was um, discussing this topic, this this crack between Trump and his base over these jabs, okay, and uh, and she said and it sounds like an analysis Rush would give, so I'm going to grant her the premise. She said that Rush used to always say that that Trump cannot be separated from his base by an external force. Trump can only separate himself from his base. That, that sounds like an analysis Rush would have given, even yeah. if he didn't say it. Sure. It, I think it's a pretty smart, even if it's you know her own idea. That sounds about right. I think it's about right and smart imagination, uh, or, or smart analysis, I should say. And I, I do see right now a process by which, if it were to continue to its most logical conclusion, would create that sort of dynamic. I think it's a little early for that. I think Trump trying to indicate and, and spread the blame about, well, these guys all get boosters, so don't support them because they're, they're lying to you about that. That's a sign he is aware of this fissure, in my view, and feels like he needs to come up with some sort of deflection to get around it. But to me, the deflection to get around it is very simple. A very strong public statement from Trump. Lockdowns were bad. We're never doing them again. As opposed to, I saved millions of lives. No, you didn't. And if we're going to go with that, then don't we have to then hold you accountable, sir, for the millions of lives that were lost by lockdowns, right? You can't just claim half the credit for it, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. So, no, you didn't. And then number two... I mean, he needs to turn himself into, well, kind of what they've done over at the Daily Wire, where several of their people, not everybody, but several of their high-profile people are very pro-jab. Is that fair? Yeah. On the other hand, they like helped you know file one of the first lawsuits against Biden's mandate, mm-hmm. where, where Trump needs to essentially figure out the most um, uh, ornery, 
confrontational position against mandates possible and stake out sort of like his turn turn mandates into the new immigration issue for him. Okay, and I think if he does those two things, he'll deflect much of this, if not all of it, for the majority, if not all of his base. But absent those two things, I don't think the tactic of, well, Ron DeSantis got a booster, so therefore people aren't going to vote for him. Hey, dude, Ron DeSantis defied Anthony Fauci, didn't surrender his presidency to him. Ron DeSantis was out there not doing lockdowns and stuff and opening schools up last year when you were yelling at Georgia for doing it. See, I, I don't think the whole, let me drag other people down into my arena of criticism, I don't think that will work. I don't think in general that works, by the way. I don't think in general it does. And I don't think it's going to work here because we're talking about something that may, may irrevocably be altering your immune system. So I, I think he's got to find a, a, a principled position here that is credible. And I don't think, well, Ted Cruz got a jab. First of all, Cruz has his own issues right now from a presidential candidacy standpoint. So we're really, let's be honest, we're really just talking about Ron DeSantis. Fair? That, that's yep. really all, we're just really talking about him. Certainly from the perspective I, I, of this question, I, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I would still favor, if it was head-to-head, Trump over DeSantis, mano y mano. But I can promise you that the path to Trump paying that bet off for me would not be, well, Ron DeSantis got a booster too, so ignore everything he's done in Florida. That, that dog ain't gonna hunt. Okay, Trump needs to turn himself into the the MAGA build a wall guy on jab mandates and and stake out that space. And if he does that, then I think I think probably 85, 90 percent of his people won't care how many damn boosters he chooses to get on his own. But short of something like that, then I could see that this is true, like in June or July. But I think it's too early for it to be true right now. So I'll sell. Yeah, my analysis is almost identical. And Alex, glad your boy is doing well. Oh, thank you for reminding me uh, yeah. of that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but it's, he just, it was just last week, I think, where he was saying the mandates were a bad idea, but then he's doing this uh, and just kind of riffing. So right now, what we just have is classic Trump and that we've doubted that before. There's just no reason to think that this is, there is any true, We don't get your hopes Either way, you got. I, I wish we could. I'd like for him to go away, but you just got to let this thing play out a little bit. Steve's exactly right with his analysis. Next, we'll go to Great Pacific Garbage Patch Kid, who says Project Veritas should own every Pulitzer, oh, Pulitzer, I'm sorry, award for journalism in 2022, but instead will be labeled as a domestic terrorist organization by the Department of Justice. Bye. Bye. And I got a note, somebody sent me a note yesterday too. Doesn't this make the timing of that FBI raid yeah. look really suspicious yeah. now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, bye. I'm, I think it is possible that what they came out with earlier this week that we shared on the show yesterday may end up being, if corroborated, one of the most important documents in the history of this republic. Yes. And maybe in, in the modern history of the world, frankly. It's the Rosetta Stone. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Zimmerman note times Rosetta Stone times um, uh, Revelation uh, multiplied by five Snowdens. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what it is. Yeah. I agree. Uh, next, we'll go on to Aaron Riali. The people who foisted this COVID evil upon us have been hanging together so that they will not hang separately. 
I think that's an interesting take. Yes, and I will buy it. I don't think it's quite as many people, though, as you think. And and I think you, you're starting to see who is employed by this consortium or, or, or their interest aligned with it, and then who's in the consortium themselves. You're starting to see some of this peeling off right now. Okay, so, um, but I will buy. I agree. And, you know, for those of you that believe in this particular eschatological view or interpretation, there's never been a time in human history where um, a, a shadowy group could emerge and exert global control until right now. And the, and the reason why is because it would have always had to be d- been done in the past via a nation state. And there were a lot of nations that fought against the Nazis that hated Jews too and had a lot of anti-Semitism within their, within their cultures, right? I mean, I think we did. If, if you go back to that history of the 1930s and some of the things Charles Lindbergh and stuff was saying about uh, during those years and the lead up to the, 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 the clash of World War II. Um, but when it comes in the face of an overall nationalistic agenda, so it's not just that, hey, I'm not going to go to war with you over your anti-Semitism. But now, now you're getting in the way of my socioeconomic progress as a people. You see what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. That it's, it's much easier, or simpler maybe is the better word, it's much simpler to openly oppose and defy global attempts at hegemony and tyranny when they come in the face of a nation state because even if you might have some ideological similarities, in the end, you want in the end, the, the Soviets didn't fight the Nazis because of the because of the gas chambers. Anybody checked on the amount of the numbers of, of Jews Joseph Stalin's killed in the last ten minutes? That had nothing to do with it. That what drove the Nazis, what drove the Soviets was they they wanted that hammer and sickle to be the iron curtain over Europe, not the swastika. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It came to them, even even though it came to them in a form that on, on some level, ideologically, they might even share sentiment with. That's why originally before before they went to war with each other, what did the Soviets and Nazis sign? A non-aggression pact. So even though it may have originally came to them in, in ideologically uh, with, with some sentiments they would agree with, it came to them in a form, though, that said, we're going to be the guys at the top of the food chain, not you. And that's really what that was about for them. It wasn't necessarily about preserving a way of life. It was advancing our hegemony over theirs. We want the hammer and sickle over Europe instead. But when it, when it and, and so that's why I've I've always doubted theories about reborn Roman empires and all that other stuff because to me, you're going to get into a lot of defiance of another nation using its self interest to impose on you, even if ideologically you guys might agree on a few things and maybe even really important things. But when you put it together in a consortium of people that are uniquely aligned in various venues like corporate um, the the corporate world. And the political world and the military world. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And 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 they're working independent of whatever particular flags or charters that are their basis for their their existence. All right. How do you declare war on Pfizer? Right. Mm-hmm. How, how do you how, how do you declare war on Moderna? How do you declare war on um, uh, on um, 
uh, what was the the doomsday cult college in England whose name escapes me? Uh, Neil Ferguson. Imperial whom, College. Yeah. How do you declare war on the Imperial College survey? How do you declare war on the IHME, uh, you know, analysis? You know what I'm saying? How do you yeah. declare war on NIH, NIAID? How do you do that? That's why that Babylon B is so funny about Skynet. Oh, it's a yeah. private business, so you can't do anything it, it, about it. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And so I think for the first time in human history, there have been enough elements within both the public and private sphere that transcend nationalistic rivalries. That this sort of emergence of of a of a of a true unibrow globalist power, I think is is it's it's possible for the first time, especially with today's technology, allowing them to filter information to and from and about themselves, it's more possible now than ever before. I like this question because it, it's a thinker, but I, I will sell. And it's because of what I said before in the first half hour about uh, will to power. Again, from from metrics of reason, we, it's it's utterly insane in this moment that's looking for calm that journalism is going uh, to the uh, pedophilia may not be so bad card. And listen, I, we got it really good here in Iowa with our governor. She's going out. But look at across this world. Look at New York and California. Uh, they're not getting more sane uh, on COVID. The will to power is as active as ever. So if you, Aaron, can you put that up in front of me just because I want to make it? It's not, they're not hanging together. So they will not hang. They don't, they don't think that they are hanging together so they can hang you hmm. separately. They're, trust me, they're feeling as strong as ever. Technically, when Steve talks about off-ramps and things like that, we, we're in the ballpark of things they may do just to triangulate. But, oh, no, in terms of the will to power, the spirit of the age, no, they're not They're not worried about now being on the defensive and having to lost and going to their bunker like Hitler with the pill. Oh, no, 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 no. One more to close out this hour. Rocco Lucente says the speed at which the end of COVID restrictions will now come will make everyone's head spin and it will be entirely due to the Veritas leak. I'll sell because of the latter part, but I think we were already on the road there. Already. I mean, that was one of the predictions we discussed on the first show of the year. I think we were already on the road there. I, I just saw now Fauci is saying that we'll never eradicate COVID. It'll just have to be controlled. Okay, um, I, I think we're on the road there. I saw Boris Johnson apologizing this morning because there's an internal audit of his administration that shows many of his own uh, people in his own cabinet flaunting the UK's uh, COVID restrictions. Okay, so I, I think we're on the road to that, but I don't think um, the Project Veritas thing will be the impetus for it. I think the impetus for it was, oh bleep, there's an election in November. And now we've got this new strain that is blowing our entire narrative sky high out of the water. Uh, and we don't have another explanation for why you have now 7% inflation in the worst since 1982. Because everybody now is getting Omicron. Hell, I probably have it right now. All right. Two people in my house just had it. So I, I think that's what the impetus for this is. I'm selling. We talked with Jordan Schachtel yesterday on the overtime about this. It's about the business, the money, yo. They're going to push it. It's not just going away. We'll come back more by Seller Hold here uh, in hour two and Daniel Horowitz. You won't want to miss that when we return. And we're back with hour two live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and all of you. 
Don't forget to let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show, or look for us where they don't censor us on MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter. You can also, Mr. Seinfeld, I'm itching the side of my nose. Uh, you can also look for clips of the show. Who could turn an entire episode of a 30-minute show into whether you were itching the side of your nose or not? They did it. They did and it, And many though. other things, they too. They did many other things, too, yes. Rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. Again, that is rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show, and that's D-E-A-C-E. If you are a podcast listener, thanks to all of you. Uh, you make up a, a sizable chunk of this audience, and it played a big part in the continued and ongoing growth of the show. Thanks to each and every one of you. Please, if you haven't yet done so, consider leaving us a five-star review and or hitting the subscribe or follow button, whichever applies to your particular podcast platform of preference. Part two of Buy, Sell, or Hold is brought to you by My Patriot Supply. You know, here's a shocking fact. The average American family only has about a week's worth of food. So what happens when it could never happen here happens again? Did you guys see our colleague, uh, Rob, you know, the picture he tweeted out at uh, the grocery store, the cold flu section? At the store that he went to, have you guys seen no. this picture? I mean, it's bare sh- it's bare shelves, Biden man. I mean, it, there's it's just completely and totally out there in the suburbs of Dallas, Las Colinas, just completely and totally out. So it wasn't too long ago, folks. We weren't sure when we could just buy the any toilet paper we wanted ever again, right? Who knows when it could never happen here happens again, and this time it could be food. That's why you want to get two thousand calories a day for you. And everyone in your care, in your household, with our friends over at My Patriot Supply with their four-week emergency food kit available now. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, even snacks. And I'm told it tastes good, too. I've not had a chance to try any of this food yet, but they've told me. I'll take their word for it until proven otherwise. I'm, and I'm guessing, by the way, if it, it maybe is a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. If, if When the time comes, you have to use this. Taste is probably the last thing on your mind at that point. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. So save $50 per kit right now if you place your order today at preparewithdace.com. Again, that is preparewithdace.com. And don't worry, they won't send the polka dot uh, fuchsia van that says Doom Prepper on the side to drop it off. It will come uh, in unmarked boxes to secure your privacy. It stays good for up to 25 years with proper storage. Preparewithdace.com. All right, let's get back to some buy, sell, or hold. Aaron. We go to Lord Itzikon, uh, fraudster, who says... The current administration will get us into another war as a distraction from its never-ending policy failures and to try to make a weak president look tough. I'm going to sell. I, I, I think I'm they could buy. get us into another war with their weakness. I think that could happen. But I, I don't think we're going to see a wag the dog. I'm going to sell. I'm going to buy based on your prediction. A Taiwan... Uh, Ukraine, etc. They won't instigate it, but if that happens, as one of your, and it's a good prediction. I think they're in on some level. How Let, in, let's 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 define war. Well, yeah. I, okay, what do we mean? Are we are we talking like we drop some bombs? We send advisors and you know yes. a few units. Yes. Okay, then okay, bye. Sure. I guess to me, I think we've just cheapened that term too. Okay. I mean, see, they can make this be whatever they want it to be because yeah. they have the press that will do. Ooh, 
I mean, I'm thinking like Operation Operation Desert Shield, soldiers amassing at a border for an actual invasion. That's what I think when I think war, not necessarily isolated or targeted military actions. Do I think that, you know, they might bomb some Russian outpost on the Ukrainian border in a few weeks? I could see that. Yeah. If we're going to call that war, then I'll buy. I think then we need to define what war means. But like a full, how about we use the term full scale war? You like, is that term okay? Yeah. I don't think they will get us into a full scale war. But could I see if if we're going to define war as any form of a military action, like Bill Clinton bombing an aspirin factory when he's getting impeached? Sure. Uh, Let's see. Next up, we'll go to AOC's future boyfriend who says uh, (laughs) rapid fire term limits. All right. Well, what's the context? They'll happen or we're in favor of? In favor of term limits. Buy. Buy. Someone other than Trump in 2024. Buy. I would buy, but but that's not as as we did recently with an evergreen. Even though from a show and fatigue level, all three of us to some degree would probably prefer somebody other than Trump. When you when you work out the calculus in the real world of what is needed for that position, it turned out to not be as easy as and simple as we thought, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's a challenge coming up with somebody. Who can, because just like I said last hour, Trump attempting to deflect the, the, the criticism of him by saying, well, these other guys got boosters too, so don't think that they're pure. That won't work. It also won't work to just, uh, you know, well, uh, you know, to, to, to just defeat Trump on the things that he's weak on. You've got to actually raise the stakes on your end too, right? Mm-hmm. And that's when the list of people we think could do that gets real yes. friggin' short, okay? So I, we would buy, but I think we came to the conclusion in that show, it's it's not as simple as, as maybe we thought going in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next, abolishing the filibuster is a win after going into 2022 elections. Sell. So- I mean, there's no qualifier for that for me. I'm not. Um, I think if, if he means because you assume that Republicans will then get control and, and it'll be gone so that they can then just do whatever they want. Let me let you in on a little secret. They're not going to do it. They're not going to do that under the current leadership. All the stuff that they, that <laughs> you think they've been, they have not been holding back because they don't have the votes. And they've not even been holding back because they don't have the balls. They've been holding back because they don't agree with us, okay? It's it's not that they're lazy, Bob. It's that they just don't care. They don't agree. So I'm really split on the whole filibuster thing. Word filibusters, nowhere in the Constitution. I'm totally so, uh, and there's a large part of me that thinks our, our best way out of this is actually through, and for them, and, and therefore to just rip every Band-Aid off and have them come out as... Let the freak oh, yeah. flag fly high and have them do everything and put their words on it and put it all on the record once and for all and 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 and, and everyone's face for them to see because the filibuster protects them too, okay? There's a large part of me that would love sure. for them to get rid of it just because let's, you know what? You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts, okay? But if you believe that now this is fair game and when your guys win, they'll do all the crazy stuff that you've wanted them to do, they're never doing that under these leaders, because they don't agree with you and the filibuster is their excuse. So if that's your rationale, then I have to sell on that one. Yeah, I'm selling. Until until getting rid of the filibuster is actually about making a better government instead of this voodoo nonsense. Yeah, I, I don't even want to talk about it. 
I'm in favor of the filibuster when it benefits me. I am in favor of the filibuster when it punishes the enemies. I'm not against it when it does neither of those things. <laughs> uh, final uh, one from AOC's future boy from not quite sure what this means. Mocking the left for being superior is a good strategy. I don't know if he means sarcastically. Not quite sure. If that's what it means, then I would I would buy that. Yeah, sure. I'm all for. Yeah, yeah we're all for. With ma maximum scorn and contempt, mocking the spirit of the age. It's what it hates the most. Yes. Next is Sean Griffiths, who says, Elon Musk is good at Twitter and seems more freedom-loving than most tech elites, but he's more Bond villain than Iron Man. He goes on to say, dude wants to put a chip in your head to create a symbiosis with artificial intelligence. Which is true. I'll take your word for it. I don't know a lot about the guy. I just know he's really wealthy and makes Teslas. I'm I don't, I'm not really informed on Elon Musk world. I saw over the holidays he did an interview with the Babylon Bee of all people, which I found fascinating. He's a big fan of the Babylon Bee. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I don't know that I would. I'm going to sell because I don't. I don't know that I would go Bond villain. He might just be you know like a a Bill Maher kind of guy. You know he might just. Um. It, it, a Bond villain is going to be somebody that's going to BS you in order to control you. Not necessarily somebody you might even earnestly disagree with, but hates BS just like you do. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to sell. I, I think that goes too far. If, if, if you, you want to make a milder point that we need to make sure to make distinctions between people who are co-belligerents and allies, right? Okay. Like, there's no point making an enemy out of Elon Musk, somebody like Elon Musk at this point if you don't have to, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, it, it, by all means, if he wants to be your your Hessian here in the culture war, sign him up. Okay. But then when you win, maybe be don't be so, you know, um, cavalier about then handing him the reins of power. You know, I, I'm mm -hmm. totally okay with that cautionary tale, but I think this goes too far. I think it does. I agree with you, but I will buy to this extent. I, I think this is very important. Another reminder, like the, the, the right, the conservative group of things always goes fanboy with somebody seems to be coming to our side and yet yeah, caution yourself on that. I mean, trust, but verify on this. So I, I do like the fact that you put th through this in our direction. Next up, the warrior poet says the combination of Pfizer docs released in uh, court order, Fauci being grilled and, Trump's continued boasting for the vaccines will lead to the left hanging the failed vaccines and all of Fauci's evil around Trump's neck. I will tell you, I got a variation of this submission from six or seven different sources this week. I, I would have said, until Omicron, no way. Because they are all too bought in in the overall agenda surrounding these jabs. Okay, government coercion, control... Um, uh, uh, more of a globalist conscious than, you know, local um, accountability, et cetera. I'm still going to sell, but I do think this is more possible now than I would have guessed eight or 10 weeks ago because the Omicron thing, again, guys, it's the ultimate control group, okay? And... Um, it is, and that's something that COVID stand, remember the two undeniable truths of COVID stand. Okay. Number one, whatever you can't say about it right now on social media will be proven true later. That's number one. Right. And the number two, no control group. So there's, there's no accountability. We can just give you any narrative, any story we want. That's why they, that's why, uh, blame the unjabbed, 
There is no such thing as a Sweden, all right? No control groups. No, you know, nobody that can that can hold accountable our narrative. And then out of nowhere comes this variant that blows all their narratives up. And could I see an Elizabeth Warren wing of the Democratic Party who hates corporate America go with that sort of messaging four, three, four months from now? I could see that. Um, but I still will sell. But I do think it's more possible now than I would have said prior to Omicron. I would have said, no, these guys are all on the same team. If you follow, I think, what is it, Defiant L's? Or, yeah. You have to buy this because they keep showing all the people who said, I will never take a Trump vaccine, now saying, you must be put in jail if you don't take this vaccine, now that it, Trump's gone. It, it, Of course, this is in the playbook. Of course it is. Next, we go to Elliot Evans. If banning uh, critical race theory and gender confusion in schools is, quote, an attack on free speech, so is banning the teaching of the gospel in school. Oh, I would buy that. Yeah. I mean, the, the the gospel wasn't banned from schools out of free speech. It was so they could teach the dark gospel instead. So, yeah, I'll totally buy that. You bet. Yes. Next, we go to Angel of Wound. Because of Todd's school board speech, the Hunger Games books will be removed from the school's library instead of the gender queer book. I'll let you answer that one. Bye. Yeah, I'm a, if, if it's associated with me, it must go. Next, the, the cops. The cops are in on this now. I'm that big of a cancer. <laughs> uh, next up is Chris Scoble. Spider-Man: No Way Home is a top three MCU movie and one of the best comic book movies of all time. Top sell. three. So why why are you gonna sell? It's not a. It's not a top. I mean, I've by right at the end of the movie, the feel you had. Plus my continued reflection on it, I, I just, I I haven't seen it a second time. I really enjoyed it. I don't fee, feel pulled to see it like right away like I did with a lot of other movies. And I do think they did fan service. Uh, I mean, multiverse is a great idea, but it's my it's obviously ideally suited to fan service. And that people are really caught up in that, and rightly so. But in terms of the overall crafting of the story, it's actually not a very layered plot. It's just, it was fun and it was really good, but it's not a top three. I'm definitely going to sell on a top three comic book movie of all time. I mean, it's not The Dark Knight. Top three MCU movie, best comic book movies of all time. So best like top five is it top five top six? I don't even think it's top yeah. five. I might I might give you a, an option of top ten maybe. Yeah, um, if we we could. Then I, I, I might listen to that. Is it one of the? And I was doing the math in my head while you were giving your explanation. Is it better than Infinity War or Endgame? No, no. Is it better than? And before Infinity War and Endgame, I would have had Winter Soldier, my number one MCU movie. Is it better than that movie? No, no. So then we're out of the top three. Yes. Okay. Then then you get into that next tier of is it better than the first Avengers movie? It might be. Okay. It might be. So again, if we were in the top five, I think I would. If top five MCU movies, I would definitely listen. Uh, top ten comic book movies, I I would at least listen. I still think we might be stretching it, you know, because now you got to go to the, the Tim Burton Batman movie, and what that movie meant at the time. 
How about the original Superman, the motion picture, which is kind of the, the George Washington of this entire genre. And if that movie isn't successful, they may never, ever make any of these other movies ever again. Right. Okay. So when you go to that, you have to, you're getting into a longer period of time uh, of a discussion. Okay. And I also think you, we were waiting for that. We got it, but what we were waiting for it after the Eternals and Shang-Chi, which were, eh, we were waiting for it after the television series versions of this. We really loved the first one, and then the rest have been okay, really good at times. But so we we had a hangover. This cured it, but it it wasn't you know the the Suma or anything like that. It just See, I like I like Loki more than Wandavision. I do. Yeah, it's and and I would have I would have said Wandavision was better until we got to its culmination. The culmination of Loki is dramatically better than the culmination of Wandavision. I think it actually moves the narrative further. Wandavision didn't, but that's just but my that's own personal. That's one episode out of ten or whatever. Yeah, I but, mean, but, but all but the way I, through, I, you're right. Just you're right. But it. then that also kind of clarifies what all the previous episodes you thought you were watching were really about too. But that's a matter of personal preference. I just think that the, the previous phases of the MCU uh, culminating with. Infinity War and Endgame has ruined a lot of a lot of movies for me just because of the the quality of the craftsmanship, the quality of the storytelling. Yeah. So it's tough for me anymore to gauge any of these MCU products. Next, we go to John Hensley, who says the four greatest sports play by play calls of all time Four down goes Frazier. It's iconic enough that I think it at least belongs on the list. So I'll buy. Yeah. OK. Three, the Giants win the pennant. I mean, that's. Absolutely iconic enough to belong on the list. Yeah. You bet. Yeah. Do you believe in miracles? Yes. Yeah, at number yeah. two. Uh, I mean, I, I think a lot of people think that probably should be number one. Yes. So yes. And number one, I don't believe what I just saw. That's um, that's uh, Kirk Gibson's home run in '88. Um, and I'll buy. I, I think that's a great list. It is a great list. It, it, to me, when you guys send us lists like this, where there's almost infinite possibilities, I, I I tend to go by. Is there anything there that absolutely does not belong? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the answer here is no. That's a great list. Yeah. Next, we'll move on to Go Leafs, who says top five ideas for 30 for 30. Number one, the 10 year. For people that don't know, these are ESPN's ESPN sports documentary yeah. mm-hmm. uh, series that kind of takes you behind the scenes of key moments in sports history. So, all right. Uh, number one, the 10 year war. Oh, you guys know I'm in on that. You bet. I'm surprised there hasn't been a 30. There was. There's a great documentary that was done before Woody died in the 80s on the 10 year war. I would highly recommend. It's kind of dated now, but. Uh, the the sort of insider perspective, especially with Woody and Bo both gone now, so you can probably really tell some truth. Mm-hmm. You couldn't tell when they were alive. Sure. Okay, I think that's a phenomenal idea. You bet. Mm-hmm. Especially no. after Michigan winning again, and it feels like it's a rivalry again. So yeah. Number two, fight night at the Joe Red Wings versus Avalanche rivalry. Is right, that now, a rivalry? now is this the is this an attempt to butter Steve Dace up here, or is this an objective yeah, list? Okay, because this... I'm all in on that one as well. You bet. Yeah, I'm in on that. I love. I that remember that night like it was fringe. ten minutes ago. Okay. Sell. So. Uh, number three, Mamba, the Kobe Bryant story. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of feels like it's it's been done a lot. If is there, guess, is there something we don't know? But I okay. guess given enough time, I mean, we would say the same thing about Jordan. We would have and said the same a, thing about Jordan in like two thousand and five. Yeah, right, but now that, that was the, awesome. Ten or fifty. I agree. Uh, watching it again, ten or fifteen years later. Yeah. yeah. By the way, greatest sports troll of all time. Is Larry Bird telling the Portland Trailblazers, "I'm playing, I'm playing oh, tonight no. with my left hand"? Oh yeah, because I'm saving my right hand for the Lakers tomorrow and putting up 40 points on them with his left hand. 
Okay, shot free throws, everything, left-handed. The absolute greatest sports troll if of all time. Larry Bird what, grew up in an inner city or somewhere, That he would have been like gangsta supreme. Yes. He, that dude yes. just could roll. Yes. Uh, number four, every rose has its thorn, the ups and downs of Derek Rose. I just think that's, that's no. too... No. Nah, nah. I like the title, though. It's clever, but... No. Nah, the, he's, I don't think he's that transcendent of a topic i'm afraid he was no. really good for a couple of years hurt his knee and then it's just yeah. been bleh. like sam bowie yeah. number five the intimidator the story of dale earnhardt even I, I would watch that yeah i'm not a racing guy but i would yeah. watch that one i'm yeah. surprised it hasn't been done already yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah moving on to freedom unicorn media narratives that will be emphasized in the next three months number one covid deaths are down bye Number two, COVID numbers high but stable, common cold level illness. Bye. Bye. Number three, Fauci is suddenly held accountable and becomes convenient scapegoat for Dems. So. That, that, no. How? What's the time frame here? Three months. All right, I'll, I'll the, sell. The I think first two are pivots. Yes. The third one, listen, again, we don't just use word. It. It's either a cult or it's not. If you, no, if they do that to him, it is we are further to the eleventh hour than even I think we are because that's throwing a sacred god into the volcano. I could see us similar to the Trump angle from last segment. I could see us getting there, but I think three months is too soon. So I'll sell. Number four, global warming, but less doom and gloom as we look toward the midterms. I don't understand yeah. this one. Like the, global the, warming as a as a media narrative emphasized. Yeah, that's oh, already the, started. Oh, this is the pivot to yeah. that back to that. Yeah. Okay, that's already started. That's going to be there at some level. Yeah, I, I'm going to sell because that's kind of an article of faith over there. You know what I'm saying? That's like saying you know. Um, Butters wet. I mean, okay, yeah, yeah, Republicans will uh, you know. Uh, uh, pivot to the pro-life issue in an election year. I mean, that's an article of faith on that on, on that side of the fence. So I'm going to sell, okay? Um, but the first two, I think, are cash money, homie. Um, Al Gore as a viable Democrat presidential prospect. Are you serious? Yep. Hard sell. Hmm, interesting. I'm I'm a buy. I'll buy. I'll buy. Hard sell. Because there are there's stories about that with he Hillary. He looks young compared to Joe Biden. He's the granddaddy of that religious. It's a white male. So is Joe Biden. Yeah. yeah. Half dead and completely <laughs> controllable. Yeah. I, I'll die. I think it's crazy, which is why, Yeah. which is part of the okay, reason Okay, I respect I that then. I can respect that. Yeah. Uh, four shots more cloth says Todd will soon Jeez. be flipping tables and whipping people at school board meetings. No, oh, Sal. I like where you're going. There's just, there's no... It may happen in other venues, but there, again, my daughters and I drove home from that meeting just laughing. It, 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 they, they got a greater education there than perhaps they just, they, it's what's, Hell their yeah, arguments are so dumb. They're so dumb. And there's no, I don't, I don't need to do that. I just need to just do this. What he said. Next, Dylan Hinkle says, even though COVID stand is the most serious threat to our way of life we've ever faced, all things COVID related are among the most tiresome and annoying things to talk about. Oh, hi. Bye. Bye. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I nothing has been more of a particular boost to my career than this issue has been. And I would, I would have preferred to have stopped talking about it like six, eight, nine, 15, 16 months ago. Trust me. Okay. I mean, I, I, I am beyond, I'm, a, I'm beyond sick and tired of it, especially when I continue to see in my inbox, the human toll that this is causing. All right. So absolutely. I'm with you on that. Yep. Bye. Uh, another, a rare double dip from Four Shots More Clots, who says, Book of Boba Fett equals Dances with Banthas. Nice I reference. That. That's a great reference. And, you know, there is, you are kind of learning a little bit. Uh, I, I, You know, I think that's a great analogy, man. Now that I think about it, that's really well done. Based on what we've seen the first two episodes, there has been more emphasis on, on you know, him, him kind of having his Colonel Kurtz moment. So, yeah, I'll buy. Yeah. I'm not watching. Next, we go to Blake Johnson, who says, has a Mount Rushmore of BBC shows. Number one, Downton Abbey. I've never seen any of these shows, so I, I will have to vote by reputation. Downton okay. Abbey is very well excellent. Yeah. My wife's a big fan. I, I, I know a lot of people that love it, so I'll give you a buy. Okay. Uh, number two, Doctor Who. Only seen that's a couple a- of seasons, but it's pretty good. I mean, that's been around forever, and mm-hmm. it's an institution, yeah. so I'll buy. Yeah, I've never watched it, but uh, yeah, you, it's... Iconic. Yeah. Number three, Poldark. I don't even know what this is. I've never even heard of it. But I'll I'll buy just because it must be there for a reason. I think it might be some sort of, isn't it some sort of like Sherlock Holmes-esque? I could be totally wrong about that too, but. I I don't know what it is. Sell, it's, if we have to. It's not American. Yeah, we have to. I mean, if it's not American, I don't know. I'm I'm an American. Uh, number That's, four, Sherlock. You, With you the just, exception you of just a, limited some of the, your movie going experiences. I know. I, 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 just, that. I did that to. I did that to troll you. I did that to troll you. Okay. And it worked. Yes, I know. I know. I knew. I knew you would take the bait. I knew you would. That's why I did it. Number four is Sherlock. It's it's an this is the Cumberbatch version, right? Incredible show, except for the last season when they did a progressive nihilistic, complete undoing of all of the characters. My family, my girls loved this show until the last season, actually. So. And they loved Doctor Who, the more recent version as well. So I'll buy. Sure. So this is just current. It wasn't like I. Th- I was kind well, of Do- Sherlock is not on anymore. I don't think. Oh cause, no! Well, there's like I mean Benny Hill, absolutely fabulous. There's a bunch of other ones. I don't know. It's I got to sell. Well, absolutely this. fabulous. Oh, is that the thing with the two women? Yeah, yeah. The divorcees. It okay. was a riot. Uh, I would take out Poldark, put in Top Gear with the original t- cast in that list. All right, I, we I have a we either. have a list. This is from Jay Busby, Yahoo Sports, who ranked all because apparently he doesn't have anything else to do in his free time. He ranked all forty nine possible matchups for the Super Bowl in terms of least oh, compelling God. to most compelling. Okay, uh, we're gonna do the top seven here. Number seven: Chiefs versus Bucks. Oh, bye. Mahomes against Brady. Absolutely, that's yeah, compelling. Yeah, that's and it's a rematch. Seven, that's yeah. pretty good. Good uh, start. Number six, Bills versus Packers. I don't know what is particularly mm, compelling about yeah. that other than it's a Super Bowl, so I will I sell. I'm interested in that game, not just from the Packers' perspective. I think uh, the Bills quarterback, I think he's kind of like a young Brett Favre. Um, but yeah, sell. That doesn't. I could be wrong about that. Give us the rest of the list, but I'll sell right now. Number five, Patriots versus Cowboys. Bye. I mean that's the that's, network yeah. a network dream. Mm-hmm. Bye. Yeah. Number four, Bills versus Cowboys. Rematch of Super Bowls. I can't mm-hmm. read them. Uh twenty seven and twenty eight. Yeah. Sell. I don't Sell. think Bills see the Bills aren't iconic. 
that way. I mean, I like them. I'm not rooting against them, but yeah. they're not. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, number three, Chiefs versus Packers, rematch of Super Bowl one. Well, and now you have Aaron Rodgers Mahomes and Pat Mahomes. Rodgers. I mean, that's... Yeah, it really has nothing to do with the rematch. Yeah, uh, but Bowl, ab- yeah. absolutely buy. That was yeah. my preseason pick, by the way. And uh, number two, Chiefs versus Cowboys. That's another yeah. network. Pat Mahomes against the biggest brand yeah. in the sport. You buy. bet. Buy. Yeah. Number one, Patriots versus Bucks. Oh, the, the subplots of that? Yeah. Yeah. You missed an obvious one, I think, actually. But... Um, but I will, yeah. I will buy that one for sure. What's the obvious one? The Raiders and the Cowboys. Okay, yeah, that'd be a good one. I, I think that's that's one that I think there would be uh, a tremendous amount of branding interest in. All right, here's who he has as the least compelling matchup. Num- number forty nine, Raiders versus Forty ers You buy that's the least compelling matchup? No, no, I would say anything with the Bengals would be the least compelling matchup. So sell. That's anything it? with the Bengals, even with Joe Burrow, huh? Yeah, I just don't think yeah. he's there yet. Maybe in a year or two, maybe. Hmm. But, you know, we're, we're talking about a franchise. Guys, the Lions have won a playoff game more recently than the Bengals have. Okay? <laughs> what does that tell you? Wow. It's only one year, but it is more recently. All right? That's bad. Yes, it is. Yes, it, that's how we define <laughs> bad around here. Yes. Worse than Hillary is the Lions. Yes. <laughs> Daniel Horowitz will join us here next. Back here on the Steve Day Show. If you are struggling with chronic pain in the body, what do I mean by that? The kind of pain that seeps into one of those 360 locations in the body from uh, the neck down to your feet that we call joints, all right? That can be in your hips, your arms, uh, your knees, etc. Chances are that's too much inflammation in the body, and that's why you're looking for an all-natural anti-inflammatory that I use myself called Omega XL, backed by up to three decades of clinical research. Omega XL will attack the chronic pain in your body by attacking the inflammation that's causing it. And if you want to try it right now, particularly even as we get older and get active and healthy, you know, your joints don't get any younger, guys. You're still getting older. All right, so try OmegaXL.com slash Steve today. They're offering buy one, get one free at OmegaXL.com dot com slash steve or you can call them at 800-844-4888 that's 800-844-4888 we now wish a happy new year to the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation our one and only colleague daniel horowitz good to see you again my friend how are you great to be with you steve different year same evil congrats on your twitter ban i'm big now i'm i'm self-conscious now i'm beginning to wonder what do i have to do to get banned around here but give an audience give the audience an update on what happened there and why because it appears to me all you did was say 48 hours earlier what uh, the horse doctor who runs pfizer came out himself and said two days after you got banned i guess they just didn't get the memo from pfizer that it was time to move on uh, that that's the reality. The reality is you are not allowed to say that there is no efficacy to the shot. Um, and I spoke to negative efficacy in two different tweets. One they took down, I think particularly because I mentioned a vaccinated person on a ventilator at Johns Hopkins, where I am here in Baltimore. And uh, I meant Johns Bloomberg. So Bloomberg probably got in touch with them and said, hey, that can't uh, stand. So I'm one away from a permanent suspension. We'll see what happens with that. Um, But Steve, 
as you've been mentioning, Omicron is going to be a control group. It's a control group because it shows everything about the vaccine to be a lie. It's a control group because it started off in a country that had a low vax rate. So you'll see a lot of stories um, out of California, all these states. I have been intubated a single person this entire time. It's because we have such high vax rates. Well, South Africa experienced that before you did, and they have low vax rates. Um, the reality is, Steve, we are now at the point uh, since we've spoken last where it is now clear. You know, I just had a, a guest on my show, someone who did a study of all cause mortality of Europe and the U.S. for a year by age, by time, by geography, and came up with a clear pattern of vaccine deaths that at a minimum 168,000 people died from the shots uh, in the U.S. by August. So it's, so. Based on that, it's way over 250,000 by now. All for what? At this juncture, there is zero efficacy. You are likely to get COVID more often, likely to get it probably more severe, although generally, thankfully, Omicron's better, assuming you get Omicron, um, and then suffer all the short-term risk. And my gosh, the long-term risks, Steve, the amount of papers that are coming out on autoimmune diseases, cancers, reproductive health, neurological issues. Um, this is this is truly disgusting what has been perpetrated on humanity. And this is why, as much as we want to move on, I don't think we can let this go in 2022. I, I think this is amongst the most evil time in all of human history, what's gone on here for the last couple of years. When you talk about negative e efficacy, define that for our audience and then give them an example, like uh, what's going on in Scotland right now, for example. Sure. Have you ever heard of a shot that you're more likely to get the ailment for which you're vaccinating against after you get the shot? Um, but that is what's going on. It's really nothing new that we haven't seen in the public health England data. I've been reporting on this for about a half a year um, uh, where it the efficacy wanes and then eventually it goes negative, meaning that you are more likely per capita age stratified, vaccination rate stratified to get COVID, um, except with Omicron, it seems to be more evident and it seems more immediate. So if you look at the case rates, this is Public Health Scotland. It's, it's a brand new data set. So they have the first week in January, the newest data I've seen of any country. So that really is gonna rope in Omicron. And what you're seeing is tables 11 through 13. Table 11 is the case rates. Um, and I'm just looking at this now. It's about 1,000 or so per 100,000 uh, cases adjusted for age unvaccinated. It's 2,500 for the double vaxxed. That's 2.5-fold higher rate. Um, it does show the booster is mitigates some of the negative efficacy, but still negative. Um, but Steve, that's also because the first 14 days from shot two to three, they throw in the two pile, just like they did from zero mm -hmm. to one. Mm -hmm. um, so that's another thing. The first 21 days of your first shot, that's counted as unvaccinated, even right. though we know that suppresses your immune system. That's the shot's fault. And it's counted against it. But if you go to the hospitalizations in chart 12, again, this is hard data. This is not a fancy study. Hard data. They actually show 59 hospitalizations per 100,000 among the unvaxxed. 130 per 100,000 among the double vaxxed. And a similar scenario for mortality as well. When you're talking about negative efficacy, are you just talking straight up 
the amount of people jabbed vis-a-vis the cases within the jabbed. Because I, I started the first day of the show. There, nobody's vaccinated because these aren't vaccines. By any definition that we ever had of the term prior to these products, no one in the world is vaccinated. These are not vaccines. So we're just going to call them jabs. Or are you taking more of a McCullough approach where he looks at the overall risk ratio and that's why he comes to negative efficacy because when you start taking a look at what the actual risk ratio is, for example, 1.7% of infections for COVID have actually resulted in hospitalization. 0.58 is the current uh, infection fatality rate for COVID. So when you factor those two trivial statistical numbers, now every one of those lives that was hospitalized or dead aren't trivial, but we're looking at it holistically just from a statistical standpoint. Those are trivial numbers statistically, okay? And so when you look at that, the overall risk uh, to COVID without anything at all, the overall risk, and then you take in the the risk ratio of whatever adverse side effects you may be prone sure. to, that's the way McCullough has a tendency to analyze this. How are you looking at it? No, I'm not getting into McCullough's analysis. I'm not even getting into the vaccine. So this is straight up two constants, um, cases to yeah, infections. I, I, that's it. Okay. Exactly. I discussed that on today's show where we go into that with a, a Columbia University professor who put out you know, an amazing, amazing preprinted study on this, again, showing that um, for for most age groups that this has been a negative proposition. Um, but but and, and his data shows this, too. All along, it was negative the first few weeks against COVID. I'm not talking about, I'm saying, let's say no person was damaged by the spike protein, you know, the myocarditis, neurological things, things, anaphylactic shock. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your vulnerability to get or get sick from COVID, get bad outcomes from COVID. It was negative for a few weeks, then it was positive until about week 20, that's about five months, and then it would go negative again. What we're seeing with Omicron is that it's negative right out of the gate, um, and it stays that way forever. Um, the booster offers a few weeks of somewhat mitigation against some of the negative efficacy. So in the public health England data, uh, UK Health Security Agency, you're seeing a similar thing. You're seeing on the case rates uh, for most younger groups, somewhere between negative 120 to negative 150% efficacy. Then when you get to the really old groups that are boosted the most, you see more like negative 50, negative 30%. Um, but but Steve, here here's the deal. If two shots went negative and then you do the third for a couple of weeks and now it's not even positive territory, mm-hmm. it just kind of mitigates some of the negative. What do you think is going to happen in the long run? And that's the point. They've been so good at looking at a snapshot and, and directing your eyes like an optical illusion to a snapshot. But like you're saying, if you look in totality over a period of time over the the, the take up, the negative efficacy on the take up. Then the back end, and now Omicron is straight up negative, absolute and and net. Then you go on to the short-term, long-term, known and unknown risk. I could look your audience in the eye today. I couldn't do this before because you never know who's who and you know what your situation is. But as we stand today, if you have not gotten the shot or you did and you were looking into getting new ones, no matter your age, no matter your circumstance, there is not just a net liability, but an absolute li- liability to getting these shots, both from COVID and from the side effects. Wow. And part of that is because of what it does to your immune system. It, it's a drip. You can't ever really get off of it. Is that what is that what I hear you saying? That you can't get off of it. And now what what the pe- the doctors I had on my show, you had some of them on your show talking about now the Europeans Medicines Agency is is saying that, look, 
we're not on board for endless boosters. You're going to suppress the immune system. Mm -hmm. You're going to have, they didn't use the term, but clearly they're describing original antigenic sin. Um, several immunologists in Israel have been warning about that. Yeah, I've now seen that. that. They're onto a yep. poor shot. Steve, this is a crime against humanity. What's your view on what Project Veritas came out with earlier this week from uh, Marine Commandant uh, Major Murphy, who I think is now with the Office of Naval Research. I mean, he's still active. He's still active service, at least for now. But the the document that they came out that he authored uh, as part of a DARPA investigation into the origins of the virus dated from last August. Uh, and I, I mean, I, I, I think Robert Malone, Dr. Malone compared it to the Pentagon Papers. It corroborated, in my view, I think it could be one of the most important documents in American history. But what do you think? Look, you know, a lot of us thought maybe we're living in a bubble and maybe people that work at DARPA and likewise probably the NIH, FDA don't see what we see. Well, now we know that at a minimum they do see what we see. So one of the big findings, um, which is not even the main finding, but a side finding on treatment uh, that they knew all along that hydroxychloroquine mm -hmm. and ivermectin worked, which, mm -hmm. of course, we knew there was a chloroquine paper that the NIH wrote in 2005 against SARS. Um, so we know that that was a straight up genocide, the fact that that was suppressed and continues to be suppressed to this day. But I think this also had the Rosetta Stone for understanding the epidemiology of the virus mm -hmm. and the vaccine. Um, why is it that we have this negative efficacy? <laughs> when do you ever find that? Um, and why is it that we have these um, variants that appear to get worse in yeah. some way? You know, although with Omicron, it's interesting. I think that was an act of God that interceded there. Mm -hmm. But why did it, why did, see, this always bothered me. Delta was pure hell. Okay. I mean, we had 45% more COVID deaths in the fall this year than we did the previous year with no one vaccinated. Mm. And something just doesn't make sense about that. Um, and I could tell you from a treatment standpoint, this thing was 10 times harder to treat. Yeah, I agree. This thing was like, it was like Ebola, this yep. thing. Man, was it bad. Um, now we understand it de-attenuated because it didn't start off as a virus. It started out as the precursor as vaccine. Yeah. the vaccine, which was what, what Major Murphy wrote. Um, so it's not just that it was gain-of-function research that they created the virus. They actually pr created it, now we know, as a vaccine. And I think what what is clear to me here is that you could have said it was some off-the-beaten-path nerds like Ralph Barrett and Peter Daszak that were involved. To me, the fact that it was a vaccine makes it that there is no way the bigger heavy hitters were not involved like Pfizer. And and the National Pulse, you know, um, reported that uh, Pfizer employees spoke about um, RNA uh, nanotechnology mm -hmm. um, at the Wuhan lab about five years ago. So clearly there was some bigger partnership with creating a vaccine that was going on with people that are a lot more famous than Dazik and Barrick. Good stuff, my friend. Appreciate you, as always. All right, we'll see you back on Twitter here maybe in a few days. All right, take care. Could be a rocky year. Take it, care. Yes, it's already off to a rocky start. You betcha. All right, let's talk about home title lock. You know, you've got homeowner's insurance for a good reason, because without it, fire, flood, robbery, erstwhile other calamities uh, could destroy you financially and your investment in your home. But there's another potential calamity that you need to be concerned about. It's called home title theft. It's a crime that can ruin you financially, uh, and it happens when a criminal forges your signature 
on documents, like a quick claim deed, making it look like you've sold your home to them so that they can now start taking out loans against your home and leave you with the payments. You could spend a small fortune in legal fees, proving that you're the victim of the fraud here, not the other way around. That's why you need an ally, and that's who Home Title Lock is. The instant they detect anyone uh, attempting to tamper with your home's title, they will mobilize to help to shut it down because they put a barrier of protection around that document that protects you. All right, so go to HomeTitleLock.com, register your address to see if you're already a victim and aren't yet aware of it, and then while you're there, enter the code RADIO for a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's the code Radio for a 60-day money-back guarantee when you go to HomeTitleLock.com. Thoughts on the conversation we just had with Daniel Horowitz? Uh, The only question right now is the ratio of crime to cover-up. Was this a small cabal of crime, then the cover-up involved a lot more people, or was this as big as... Daniel just suggested it could be, but there's no way Pfizer could be involved. Either way, I mean, it is it is a crime against humanity. Secondly, again, there's no Delta without uh, mass vaccination. Sweden exists, folks. Uh, we got got to make sure. I, I'll never stop nailing that thing home. There is no Delta. Uh, regardless of whether it started out as a vaccine or not. And I believe Steve, uh, I mean, I would have stepped in a long time ago if I disagreed with that point. Steve and, and uh, Daniel are exactly right about uh, uh, that. It's it, it fed on itself. And there's a reason Omicron is what it is. If we call it, it's, it's a, if it's an act of God, it's an act of God of nature working as it's supposed to be, as it did in Sweden and as it did in Africa, where there was what something like a, I can't remember how what, Steve, help me with how low was the vaccination rate overall in Africa overall? In South I mean, Africa, it, about just over twenty five percent of the people are jabbed there, so there almost seventy five percent are not. There you go. There is a a part of me. This is the crazy voices part of my head. I overall think, and I still want to see it come to full fruition. I overall think that there's going to be a faction. Maybe it's a significant faction of Democrats, like we've seen, that want to take the off ramp of COVID of COVID stand and get back to some form of normalcy before the election. However, there is another part of me that thinks that this rhetoric of learning to live with the virus and getting away from the eradication mm. of the virus is not really the way that we exactly. take that. It means living with the tyranny to yep. them. That's the crazy voice in my head right now. So I, I'm not sure what to do with that other than to say cautious optimism, uh, emphasis on the cautious part. Well said. That'll do it for today's program. Back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.